We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Mahomes has the time, delivers, perfectly downfield, touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. This one, Adams, touchdown! This time going deep for Beckham Jr. Hello everyone, welcome back to Road of His Overtime on Road of His Radio. My name is Colin Kelly, you can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. As always, I will be joined on today's edition of the show by one of the co-owners of Road of His, it is Sean Siegel. This is a special edition of the Road of His OT podcast. We've done a few of these recently, we've got a lot of positive feedback regarding doing live drafts, which we've recorded, and then sharing them with the listeners, giving them an insight into how myself and Sean pick on the clock, as well as if it is a co-managed team with our guests. We did one with Blair Andrews. Uh, we're going to have more of these coming up over the next couple of weeks, and uh, it's going to be fun. We'll be drafting in the FFPC main event. We do more Football Guys Players Championships uh, and, and more uh, to share. And I think one of, the, one of the things that have been fed back by the listeners, we're doing some slow drafts with them at the moment in listener leagues. We're going to try and do one live one as well, along with the listeners. Maybe we'll do the same with that. But lots of positive feedback around these drafts. So here is another one, and we're going to have a special guest for this one. It is going to be Anthony Amico, who you can follow on Twitter at Amixta. That is A-M-I-C-S-T-A. He's one of our favorites. Love having him on, uh, and and he's always fun to talk to. Um, Great follow on social media. Great fantasy football writer. Check out all his thoughts. Check out his Substack as well. That's over at amixta.substack.com. Great great information coming your way from Anthony but we are going to be drafting today in the football guys players championship it is over at the FFPC and we have got the number 11 spot so we're going to get straight into it we do talk for five to ten minutes before the draft starts then we go through our first couple of round picks and it's going to be fun to listen in to see how the uh, the draft talk goes how the strategy goes as you hear what myself Sean and Anthony think and what players we should be selecting to try and get that optimum lineup so we're going to see how it goes here picking from the 111 spot let's go into it so we're getting ready here to go aboard the draft train over here in the uh the football guys players championship it's going to be a fun one and we're going to be joined here by anthony amico uh, i did reach out to anthony a few weeks ago we were kind of setting this up and uh i did tell sean this uh, during the week but anthony did i i joked about drafting running backs anthony said that he couldn't imagine of a bigger regret in his life than drafting with me and sean and uh, selecting a running back so good news is we have landed with the 11th spot in the draft uh anthony which running back are we taking at spot 11 <laughs> well i mean kind of the funny thing is i i feel like 
with this group, I, I probably could have made a, a compelling argument from pretty much any other draft spot other than like one to uh, <laughs> to take a, a non-running back. It's a little easier at eleven, but this is this is going to be great. I mean, I you know I think we're going to be in a prime spot for like the Wallers, the Digs, that group, and uh, you know I'm hoping that it kind of breaks our way here. Yeah, I think it's going to be a lot of fun, uh, Sean. Where are you? Where are you looking to go? We did the uh, draft a couple of weeks ago with, uh, I believe it was our own draft, not the draft of player that we had the eleven spot. But um, and anything that we learned from that that you're going to try and bring in here? Well, the tricky part is that now it continues to look like Barkley is not going to be a hundred percent or used very heavily in the first month, which potentially pushes him down. We've seen him. I mean, he got to us at twelve recently with Blair. If Carson Wentz is out then I haven't been concerned about any of the elements with Jonathan Taylor, right? He's not going to have a problem with Marlon Mack. He's going to get his share of the passing work even. And he's a superstar. So I'm not concerned about the week 14 buy because regardless of format, you navigate that buy through the rest of your draft. You've got to take the best player. But if Carson Wentz is out and this offense is, I mean, this offense you're now looking at as being the worst offense in football, right? He becomes less interesting even at the end, my concern would be that these guys fall so far that Hill and Diggs and Adams are all gone at 11. Hopefully at least one of them will get to us. Anthony, what do we do if we get into a disaster scenario and those guys are gone and the running backs are still there? I mean, I, we probably have to, we probably have to kind of make a decision. You know, we, we have to do the tough thing and, and probably the right thing. And, I mean, I, I still think that the Wentz thing is maybe not going to be too terrible. I know that they're getting him tested. It doesn't really sound like we're going to know, obviously, like in the time frame until we pick, which probably only be a few minutes. Um, <laughs> but, but like, I can't imagine that, like, Jacob Eason is going to be their starter no matter what. Like, I have to think that they're going to be on the phone with, you know, New England for Cam, with uh, San Francisco for Garoppolo, with the Bears for Nick Foles. I, I mean, those guys aren't great, but... I think that they would at least be serviceable in a scenario where you have a you know a true alpha back in, in Jonathan Taylor. And to be honest, we don't know that those guys are a, le- a lesser option than Carson Wentz at this point. <laughs> so uh, we'll we'll see what happens. But uh, I think it'll be it'll be interesting if those guys are there. Uh, we've actually there we've drafted one of each of those two guys in our our last two drafts, Sean. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens here. I'd probably say. Um, Taylor is the one that I'd probably, if we had to take one to eleven, um, ideally maybe they get one of them would get back to us at uh, the, the second round. But I think it's going to be interesting just to see how it plays out. Obviously, every draft room has you know its own intricacies, but maybe if wide receivers do get pushed up a bit, maybe we see a situation where maybe Waller slides a little bit or something like that. So um, if uh, if Waller was there, would that be somebody you'd be interested in, Anthony? Love Darren Waller, absolutely. I mean, uh, he's a receiver at tight end. He's closer to Kelsey than I think the rest of the other tight ends is the only guy that I think can even really compete for that tight end one spot. If we're, if we're just talking about like, you know, just mapping out all the ranges of outcomes. So I'm definitely pro Waller. Yeah. So like, you know, that mightn't happen, but I'm just looking in terms of current ADP, we still have, you know, digs going kind of around 12 or 13. So if he does go earlier and if Adams goes earlier, something's going to have to drop. So I'd sort of, it could just be Taylor and Barkley and, Hopefully Ezekiel Elliott won't be there at that point. Um, so it's going to be interesting, but I, I think we're going to probably be looking at a wide receiver, wide receiver start if we can. But we've seen in the last couple of drafts, Sean, we've done that the players that maybe we're hoping to be there 
have not tended to be there, but th- this might be the day that they're all there for us. We're hoping for wide receivers to at least fall to ADP. We haven't seen hardly any of the guys make it back to the spots that they have been in. Anthony, one of the things that we've talked about on the show at length and kind of want to get everybody's input on as we get to this point, as we keep getting these terrible, terrible draft slots in terms of expected win rate, the problem at wide receiver is not just that people are overconfident in the depth, but if you get one of these positions at the back of the round, then I think that there's a big tier break in the middle of round three, a big tier break in the middle of round five. And so when you're drafting at the three, four turn and the five, six turn, you're getting dramatically less value than people got just a handful of picks earlier. Do you see that work out in your drafts? Are you concerned about that? How should we be proactive? Because we, if we know that's going to happen, we need to develop an approach that, that minimizes it. Yeah, I, I have noticed that. I think especially now that some of these younger players, you know, the T. Higgins, the LaVisca Chenault, it's like those guys are getting pushed up the board a little bit. Uh, definitely has made it a little pricier to invest in those guys. Uh, and their position as a whole. But I think if we just continue to invest in the profiles that we know tend to exceed ADP, we know like when these players break out, they break out usually in a way that beats ADP by, you know, multiple rounds, especially when we're talking about mid-round players. So I think we just focus on on those kinds of profiles um, and we're selective with where we choose tight end, which I know is always uh, kind of tricky in, in the FFPC format. I think that that's... That's kind of how we can turn the table there. Yeah, and I think um, like when you're Sean kind of touched on it there, I think when you're talking about Sean's that part where you know CD Lamb and Terry McLaurin go off the board, and then there's you know a, a decision to be made. And um, so again, let's hope things fall right for us today. But it, it does feel like those are the areas that picking from the 111, 110 that your drafts really can swing. Is if those guys are there, you're in a, an amazing spot. But if they're gone, then it's trying to make those decisions. And you mentioned the ADP. Two months ago, when I was drafting, I was happy to, you know, take take uh, Lavisca Chenault around ahead of ADP. But now, if I'm taking him at the spot I was taking him two months ago, I'm around late. Like the thing that people are just drafting those guys a lot earlier than they were back at that point. So, as the clock ticks down, we're just around thirty seconds away from the draft starting. So it's going to be fun now as we see the the picks roll in. Um, I'm not expecting anything drastic here over the first uh, couple of picks but uh, it's gonna be interesting sean have you done any drafts um since the Aaron Rodgers news no this will be the first one since that we were sort of on the the clock almost when things came out with that previously our decision to go in that draft with adams and rogers played out extremely well we won't get the same prices on those guys in this yeah. draft anthony the other kind of big question that i think in a lot of ways determines how you draft in 2021. It seems silly to say that like one team determines how your draft goes, but the San Francisco 49ers, they have Garoppolo. They have this rookie QB who has this amazing potential hybrid uh, scoring profile once he gets into play, but then the offense could become very run oriented. George Kittle, someone we could be looking at at the turn. You mentioned the difficulty and the necessity of, working through a tight end approach where are you with Kittle and Ayuk and Samuel in an offense that could maybe not have the passing volume that we would hope yeah I kind of think that we want to consider the flip side of this which is like what if Trey Lance is actually the key to unlocking some of these guys what if Trey Lance is 
you know, what gets this offense moving in a way that they couldn't under Jimmy G. What if this op, what if, what if part of the reason that Jimmy G was seeing low pass volume was preservation, you know, um, because he gets injured so frequently, uh, it's not advantageous to them to use him in creative ways. It's not advantageous to the Niners to, uh, you know, have him drop back in situations where he just doesn't have to. Um, so I, I'm kind of looking at it from that perspective where like, you know, Lance, when, if he's operating at a level that we think he can, you know, that worthy of a number three pick, you know, worthy of, uh, kind of all the stuff that we've considered about him. Uh, you know, I think we can still get there with those guys with efficiency. We can still get there with touchdowns. Um, and I think if you look at their skill players, those three guys make up, like could be in position to make up, uh, you know, 80 to 90% of, of their target share. Like it could just be an offense run through those three players in the passing game. And if that happens, um, and things break right, like I think all those guys can still do very, very well. So I'm still targeting those players in my drafts. So as the draft has started, we have Christian McCaffrey, Travis Kelsey, Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook, and then Stefan Diggs going off the board, uh, Ezekiel Elliott off the board next. So um, I think uh, Derek Henry going off the board uh, would be the next player I'd like to see, and then maybe we start to talk about who might fall to us. Ideally, in this situation, but it's not going to happen, would be Taylor Barkley also go. But I think we're going to be looking at a spot where I think we're going to be looking at uh, probably Devontae Adams with this 11th pick unless we see him go off the board here now that I've mentioned it. What do you guys make of like this Packers situation now? Uh, you know, We're assuming that Rodgers is going to play. Uh, obviously, Adams has smashed the last two years, but I, I think some of that has maybe been because of that big target share. Now they bring back Randall Cobb, someone that – Aaron Rodgers maybe trust a little more. Do you see that impacting Adams in any way? Um, what, where do you kind of think this passing game is going this year? I don't think it's going to affect Adams all that much. I think like he's been extremely efficient with the targets that he has got. And I think like a big part of his production, and I know look at this could uh, regress, but he's kind of proven to be a very, very um, high consistency touchdown scorer as well. So he gets those red zone targets. Um, I think we're going to see a pretty efficient offense we've seen how much of a step forward it took last year in year two and i think in in year three it should be much of the same um you know the concern was that rogers wouldn't be there rogers is there now so i don't have a, a huge amount of concern um across that offense but the other part is Cobb is back but i don't think we're going to see like you know Cobb like absolutely <laughs> blowing up the stats numbers i think he's going to be there to be a, a role player in that team so I, i'm very confident in adams this year uh, the one player I think it makes quite interesting, and I know there was a lot of touchdowns to his scoring last year, but I think it makes Tonyan a little bit more interesting at tight end um, to see if he can take another step forward um, in this season. Sean, how do you feel overall about the Packers? I know we talked about AJ Dillon and having Rodgers back should lead to more opportunities for guys like him in the red zone. I do. I, I think that Adams is still a superstar here, a guy that we want to target in terms of that upside. I mean, even when they had a little bit more a couple of years ago, he's one of the receivers who has the touchdown ability to give you that wide receiver type season. Now we're on the clock. Adams was selected. Tyreek Hill is still here. That feels like a gift. Anthony, is this a, a no brainer selection? Yeah. I think we just, we just thank the room and we move on hundred percent. Yeah. I'm the, like, that's the first time I've actually seen Hill last this long in a draft. I didn't even mention him as the options to get because I didn't think he'll be here. So 
I'm I'm very happy, uh, Sean, to go there, and I, I assume you are as well. Yeah. So Hill, I think the guy who could blow up to Adams type of levels this season. Now we've already seen him kind of in that range, but one of the reasons that people have gotten sucked in to this trap of going with the Uber backs is that you have this upside into the 23, 24, 25 point per game scorers. That changes the dynamic a little bit, takes it away from zero RB, makes it to where you want to have that McCaffrey exposure early. But now people are drafting all kinds of running backs who still don't have that upside. Hill's upside greater than most of the running backs who are being taken here, and he fits much better structurally. So uh, this gives us a chance to build from an extremely high floor, extremely high ceiling situation with our first round pick. As we wrap back around here, who do we want now in round two? Well, um, the guy at uh, the 112 is taking Aaron Jones. We're waiting on his second pick here. Um, so it, it does mean Jonathan Taylor or Barkley is going to be here. I think Taylor is quite interesting at this point. Uh, outside of that, I would be looking towards uh, Hopkins or Ridley. Uh, I I would prefer Ridley out of the two, but I'm, I'm open to the consideration. Are we any consideration here, Anthony, for uh, either of the running backs? Which is now Jonathan Taylor as Saquon Barkley has gone. Yeah, so I, I'm just seeing on Twitter uh, the Wentz injury involves a bone and a ligament, so they're bracing for possible surgery for him. So um, we're going to have to wait and see, I guess, on the quarterback situation there. I think that Ridley is is prime for a pretty big season, um, so I would be comfortable taking him here, but I'm obviously curious what you guys think. Would you prefer George Kittle? He isn't someone I had, had put into the queue, but he was our other choice there. I think that Ridley and... Kittle are both dynamic, both interesting from a structural perspective. I would go readily out of those two guys. Um, I do think Taylor's a, an interesting value at that point, but I, I think um, if we're shooting here for the the upside, I think I would probably push towards readily if we are concerned about the Wentz injury. Yeah, let's go Ridley. Hey everybody, this is Dave Cabin from the Rotoviz flagship podcast. Just stopping by to say thank you for listening to Rotoviz Radio. We're offering our listeners a special 10% discount when they use the promo code RVRADIO2021 at checkout. Again, that's 10% off a one year subscription when you use the promo code RVRADIO2021. Thanks for listening and keep on tuning in. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Yeah, it was a tricky one there, if I'm honest. Um, I didn't think Taylor would last to that spot, and I thought he would, and he's gone in the next pick. But um, I think that obviously the injury to Wentz, I kind of hinted at it earlier, though. Like, if there's a different quarterback there, does that potentially even help help Taylor? Like you mentioned, Cam. I know then when you get in near the goal line, you're going to lose out on possible rushing touchdowns, but you know it probably open up more in the running game than it would with Wentz. So let's see what happens. But the uh, quick spot there Anthony on the old uh, Twitter sphere to to get us the latest breaking news you you didn't think we would get the news before uh before our pick but we we left it to the second round we just got the scoop just in time yeah it turns out Twitter always knows you know <laughs> right right when you need it <laughs> I'm not I'm not a huge fan of Carson Wentz and the Jonathan Taylor I thought you were going to say you're not a huge fan of Twitter I thought that was what <laughs> you were going to say <laughs> I <laughs> I would say I, I would be completely out on Jonathan Taylor if Cam Newton is the quarterback. Not only can he not play anymore, but the way that he analyzes <laughs> those running back touchdowns uh, is is a real concern for me. I I mean Taylor would be an awesome choice, but I I really did want to have a pure and in fact extreme zero RB build with Anthony on the show today. And I think having Ridley, I mean Ridley and Hill could both end up with thirty two percent target shares. Right. I mean, that, that would be toward the high end, obviously. But you're talking about two absolute stars who have a secondary target to take defensive attention, but perhaps don't have much else to take actual target volume. And so when we're talking about that level of talent with quality quarterbacks. You have some elements with the Falcons where their overall set up with the dome and some other things is very positive for scoring points. I think that we could have two guys who average 22 points a game at wide receiver with our first two picks. Again, we're talking more toward the upper end of what's reasonable, but when you have talent and situation and structural drafting all pointing in the same direction, then you know that's all you can really ask for when you're making these early picks. I do like the idea of taking Kittle there, especially with Anthony being on board. We haven't gotten too many people who are strongly on board with the sort of 49ers receivers. So it'll be kind of fun to have that extra flexibility in terms of targeting some of those guys. The thing that passing on Kittle does is perhaps open us up for a TJ Hawkinson selection at the 3-4. Anthony, when you're talking about the necessity kind of hit on the right types of guys at tight end, where would you be on Hawkinson this season? I, I mean, I love him. We're talking about guys who can get high target shares. I think Hawkinson would be a nice addition to that group. There just isn't a lot else there. Um, you know, the Lions have 
if not the lowest, one of the lowest win totals. Like they're going to be behind in a lot of games. And Jared Goff isn't good, maybe. I don't know. I guess the jury is kind of out, but like he's probably going to play every game. And we know that he can at least get the ball to the tight end. Like I, I don't know. I, I'm very bullish on Hawkinson. I know some people are maybe worried that the volume could be a little empty in terms of the touchdowns. But I think especially when you're playing in the FFPC, you're getting that bonus uh, for those tight end receptions. I think that that concern is a little nullified. And, you know, on the high end, maybe you still end up with him getting a decent touchdown season just because of, like, the nature of his role in that offense. You, you mentioned Jaron Goff, and I think that's an interesting question. I've read some puff pieces uh, in the Detroit media suggesting that he looks fantastic. Obviously, they have familiarity with Matthew Stafford and how he's looked in practices. It's interesting because the Rams – receiving core seems to be getting a bump from Stafford coming the guys in Detroit in part because they have such a terrible group of wide receivers. And that's, you know, in the modern NFL, if your receivers are terrible, your offense isn't going to function very well, but guys like Hawkinson and Deandre Swift, for example, I mean, you mentioned what the game script is going to be. I mean, Deandre Swift could lead the NFL in receptions. It's not like these guys with the Rams, you know, talking woods, talking cup, talking Todd Gurley before his body broke down. It's not like those guys didn't score points with Jared Goff at quarterback. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I think that uh, we're maybe giving a little bit too much credit to Sean McVay. I mean, I think that he's great, but uh, I don't know if we should just like assume that Jared Goff minus McVay is like the, you know, 40th best quarterback in the NFL. <laughs> I mean, the, the, this front office in Detroit, you know, Brad Holmes, he was someone who was part of the front office in with the Rams that like drafted Goff. And I think that they are going to give him like a genuine chance to see if he can actually be their guy long-term. I think part, that's part of why they didn't draft the quarterback this year. I mean, part of it obviously doesn't fit their timeline, but I think they are going to give him like an honest shot. And I'm not, I'm not totally out yet on Jared Goff. I, I don't, you know, I don't necessarily want to be a fantasy QB this year, but in terms of what he can do for, for a guy like Hawkinson, I think that it's fine. Yeah. Like where are we on Goff? Do we think like, do we think he's, Andy Andy Dalton or below Andy Dalton in terms of like say what he did you know through the mid 2010s with you know AJ Green and, and Co in Cincinnati do we think he's worse than that or do we think he can support something like that I, mean, I think he's fine yeah I mean like is Andy Dalton bad like I I'm fine no no that's that's what I mean like that's probably where I mean. that was my over that was my over under is like if he does that like you know Hawkinson's in a really good spot and the offense can still function and we're probably not going to get like 17 weeks off, you know, phenomenal quarterback play, but we're going to get enough to put fantasy points on the board. That's what we're looking at, you know, overall. And, and I think the receivers, I mean, I, I know that they're not, uh, they're not particularly sexy, but like Tyrell Williams has like kind of been really efficient in his career. Like he just hasn't been able to stay on the field and somewhat similar for Brashad Perryman. So I don't think that this is like a, a group that we aspire to, to be by any stretch, but like, I kind of think that those receivers can be good enough to take some pressure off of, of covering Hawkinson. I mean, part of it, like covering tight ends is kind of difficult in general, but you know, if those guys can lift the lid off just a little bit, um, I, I kind of think that that's all we need. So we're getting close uh, to our next pick here. It's at the 306. We'll be at the 311. Uh, some interesting options here that I would be interested in. Um, Terry McLaurin, TJ Hawkinson, DJ Moore, probably leading the list for me. The other one that's there that in terms of ADP and in terms of the tight end position that would be going is Kyle Pitts. Um, out of those guys, Anthony, any of those um, intriguing you more than others? 
Yeah, I think we just want to see who, who falls to us here. I mean, this is a really great group. I think uh, where we are, we're definitely guaranteed to get one of the tight ends or McLaurin or DJ Moore. So I think we probably want one of those guys here. Uh, I mean, Sean, you talked about like breaking through those tiers and, and dealing with those tiers at receiver. I think one way to do that is by taking the, the stud second tier tight end. So I, I think that that's definitely a move to consider. And one of the things that we've seen, and this may set up for us okay for our extreme zero running back approach, although it's tricky because obviously round three always comes back in this very wide receiver heavy, but we did see six teams start running back, running back in this draft. And we just recorded Ben Gretsch and I a stealing bananas episode with Rich Rebar, and he was complaining about the fact that because of the way people are drafting, you can get a Christian McCaffrey, DK Metcalf, Justin Jefferson start. And that's exactly what happened in this league. Yeah. The other part as well, I, I do see one team with a, a start that is quite nice and Stefan Diggs, George Kittle and CD Lamb as well. So uh, there's there's some teams building the kind of the approach to it like, but as you mentioned, it's a heavy, uh, you know, double. There's a lot of teams here with two running backs through those first three rounds. So we're back on the clock. Uh, we have the option of Hawkinson and more. Um, I know we all have said we liked Hawkinson. We all have said we like more. Um, ideally, we would get both of those guys, but how are we approaching it to try and see does one of them come back in the following round? Well, Hawkinson's ADP is about a full round earlier. If we don't select him here, there's a pretty good chance that we miss him on the turn. So I think that if we're all comfortable, all set with the Detroit passing attack that we want to go ahead and make sure we have Hawkinson and have that potentially elite tight end wrapped up. Yeah, I'm all good with that. So uh, we'll, we'll take Hawkinson there and we'll leave it there for today's edition of the draft special. We have just got TJ Hawkinson. We'll see how things play out. I think we are off to a good start. Pretty pleased with how things are playing out so far with that number 11 draft slot we will be having a few more of these it's going to be a five-part series the last part will be a recap as we break down our team and some of the other teams in the draft but as you can hear drafting with anthony is a ton of fun there's a lot of good information in there as we debate players who we like who we don't like you'll get lots more of that coming up as we go through the series that will be dropping on the road of his overtime podcast feed throughout the week as well as the regular three road of his overtime podcast so i think we have you pretty much covered for uh, about seven shows this week uh, so do check them all out lots of content we're trying to get you ready for the season hopefully you will enjoy it once again as always you can get yourself a listener's discount to a road of his nfl pass all you have to do is add the code road of his 2021 at checkout that'll save you 10 percent. get you access to all of the content and tools up on the road of his website and uh, with that my reminder is to make sure you're following anthony on twitter at amixta you can check out my twitter feed as well it's at overtime ireland and of course sean is at ff underscore contrarian but as we know uh <laughs> you're not going to probably get uh, any content coming from there so check out all his fantastic fantastic work up on rotaviz.com as well as on this podcast and the stealing bananas podcast uh, but really and truly we're going to have these ramping out to you this week but if you do have feedback on the team if you want to jump in on that twitter conversation let us know over on twitter you can tag myself and anthony uh, and let us know your thoughts but that's going to do it for this edition of course until we're back again have a good one 
Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. <laughs>